that gas method, like genuine, authentic, and sincere, like give a shit, in everything I do, woodworking, fucking the sauna, the cold showers, yeah. the, just reading books, being a dad, being a, a teacher, being a boss, being a mentor, give a shit is what gives me the purpose. It's what really makes my life a good one. Yeah. Let's go. Okay, guys, Splendid Torch Podcast, Pete and Pete, which I hesitate to use because most of my childhood I was accused of looking at like one of the kids from Pete and Pete, and my name is Pete, and I have red hair, so. Yes, you do. Uh, great show, though. It Pete was a Pete great was show. A I remember brilliant that show. show. <laughs> it was, you know, snarky. It was witty. Um, anyway, we <coughs> offline, we were talking a little bit about, uh, really, we are talking about cultural appropriation, so we were talking first about... <laughs> Uh, when we were doing our sound check, like we always try to use our sultry voice, our sultry jazz, jazz smooth voice. jazz, one one point five. And uh, so we were talking about. I saw a documentary. I didn't watch the whole thing because it was terrible, but it was about uh, Kenny G, the famous clarinetist, <laughs> which, which is an oxymoron. It the is. famous, well known clarinetist. <laughs> I thought it was an alto sax. Or something. Who the fuck knows, I dude? Know. I don't know. But uh, the whole like last it is 20, a woodwind instrument. It is a woodwind. Uh, you know, you gotta change out that reed when you yes, really get the wreath when you're, you're getting hot and heavy. <laughs> um, the whole last like twenty five minutes of the the documentary is just really about how much anger there was in the actual jazz community because he really he appropriated <laughs> jazz and put like he whitewashed jazz yeah. and made it more like palatable and all these things and then. Like I think his grand crime was in his concerts he would do a duet with Louis Armstrong for uh What a Wonderful World. Yeah. Dude, you don't Kenny G, you, you do don't that. get you to do that, know. Kenny. Satch was man, that guy I still remember as a little kid because my father was really into, you know, that uh, meaning R and B, blues, stuff yeah. like that growing up. So I wasn't brought up on the Beatles. I was brought up on James Brown. Stuff Dude, like I, that. One of the first things I actually bought for my dad when I was like nine, when I could actually buy him a, a Christmas gift, I bought him Riding with the King, B.B. King. Yeah, it's a great album. Yeah, dude. I love the blues, man. I mean, I also, you know, my dad was really big into um, Almond Brothers. Which is blues-based. Yeah, yeah. There's a guy. Like, a lot of that Southern rock yes, really was, was. It's all based. What, just look at Led Zeppelin. That was all based off the blues, all that stuff. Half the music that we've heard well, here, here's is all hijacked from, yeah. and they'll tell you, we stole it from black bluesmen. Yeah. And they'll, they'll tell you, Eric Clapton, all of those guys, you know, Jimmy Page, that's where that's where So Eric Clapton, he actually, he did pay a lot of homage to the, all the yeah. people he appropriated the music from, it, um, maybe more than anybody. And he actually, that's if, hard. If, that's if really, he wasn't a, a white guy from the UK, like yeah. the way he plays. Yes. Slow he, hand. He, it, yeah. So I guess the point being, he didn't really whitewash it. No. He just, he really appreciated he the music. He, he didn't try to hide it. No. He did He was very open about yes. it. Great musician. Anyway. I anyway. can really, we're, di we're yeah, going into not, my wormhole yeah, here. What, you can get Kelly on here <laughs> yeah. and you guys can have an actual conversation. Uh, my point is, I don't think you can turn your eye anywhere without seeing some sort of cultural appropriation. The funny thing is, like I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm looking through the window onto the mat, and I'm looking at a Brazilian flag. Yeah. Like my our logo literally says McHugh, 
which you don't get a more Irish name than I that. I don't know about that. Brazilian <laughs> jiu-jitsu. <laughs> you know, so it's, where, where do you draw the line between, is it cul- cultural appropriation or is it uh, homage? I would say it's honor. homage. I think well, it's homage. Of course, when we do it. Complete, well, I'm saying that even as far as the music goes. It's an homage to Johnny Lee Hooker, all those guys. I mean, music and jiu-jitsu are very similar. Because what is it? The greatest. What is that? Term? What is the saying? The greatest show respect is by duplicating or replicating what's being done. I forget what the I forget what the saying is. Yeah, where it's the greatest form mimicry the, is the is the greatest form of flattery. Yeah, that's it. I mean, think about it. it, it in in music, you, just all the music. Like we're talking the Allman Brothers, the Allman Brothers. I mean, Dwayne Allman, unbelievable player, blues bass player. Yeah, you my, know how many guys my today dad cried play? When he died. You know how many guys today play based off of him? So here's the thing. Um, you know, McHugh, McHugh Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, we're doing really well. We're standing on the shoulders of giants. But, yeah. but it's not because we held back and held down and exploited a bunch of Brazilians in the no, favelas. No, that's not it. <laughs> but there were a lot of black jazz musicians who did not get anywhere because their they music couldn't leave was the bars. I heard a thing from Elvis. You might have heard this. These tapes were released, and you know, obviously, Elvis didn't write his own songs. And most pop artists did not write their Frank own songs. Frank Sinatra never wrote a song, it's which the is voice fine. Of the yeah, yeah, which is fine. I get it. You're a performer, uh, just like an actor doesn't write his own play. I yeah. understand that, and like, I don't poo poo that. But when you hear these tapes, so if you hear these like demo tapes of the guy who actually wrote the song, and you know, they send it to Elvis's guys, it's it's so obvious that Elvis not only stole the music, he stole the persona. Yeah. Like, just even, like, the way he would throw his voice and, like, the way he would do all that. All that stuff. And the dancing, he yeah. stole the entire persona. That's where you, it becomes theft, appropriation. Yeah. You know, what we're doing is, is not that. <laughs> no, no, yeah. we're not stealing. We're trying to trying to be like that. We're living it. We're living you know, it. We're living it. Um, anyway. Why do we, oh, we brought that up because of Kenny G. Yes. So we got a lot to talk about, dude. First, Michael thing, Bolton. Let's get on that. Yeah, I Michael have to Bolton. vent about Michael Bolton. <laughs> so, you know, I'm putting on my headphones and my elbow explodes. Yeah, it's good. As it, you know, as it does. Yeah. You you understand how that works. Like, I was even just my, having me the other night. Even my three and five-year-olds will know, like, when I get off the couch, they're going to hear yeah. crackle, snap, crackle, pop. Um, That's only the weeks where I'm training really hard. Yeah. But notice how I said only the weeks when I'm training really hard. Yeah. So that's every week. Pretty much. You know, but uh, that's okay. So my elbow popping right now is indicative of what this week has looked like. And this week, dude, has been awesome. Yes. This has been a really good training week. Yes. And I concur. I, I tell you, uh, I, I think I wanted a podcast yesterday just because the glow from Wednesday night. And it was... The, I mean, the classes were off the hook. Kids' classes, the adult class was great. Battles class was great. And then we get into the advanced class, and we were training, and we were getting after it, and it was just, a, it was a great class. And then it was real, I'll tell you, I think the cherry on top was Scrappy Joe versus Bree. Oh, of course, that was That was like such, that flashes back to when we had that stinking ACL collector yeah. on the uh, on the old map one over at the and old everybody, spot. Everybody would kind of spread out. Talk Whoever smack, was, cheer. it was usually awesome. it would be like 
Gallagher and Al. They're like Gallagher <laughs> and Dom. The last match of the night, and yes. everybody's like picking a side. Usually, it's against Gallagher. And I'm like, we have we have not. Speaking of, we've not risen. We've writ, we rode off the back of that because we're right back to where that was. Because yeah. you could feel the energy when you're in here, and it's magnificent. Yeah, it's, it's good. awesome. I did. Um, I couldn't before. sleep. You're excited. I, you can never sleep. No, right? no, no. I literally, I took my melatonin You're too at jazzed up. nine o'clock and I was just, I was just vibrating. Yeah. It was great training. Nachersky and I killed each other and, uh, you know, just all the roles were great. I'm getting a lot of really good um, feedback on Nachersky these days. They're all Sean. lies. <laughs> They're all lies. He's like, man, it's like rolling with a, I think he says, like rolling with a tank. I'm like, takes one to no one, yeah. man. Yeah. He's, he's doing really well. Yes. I did. Um. I did a round from the feet with RC. Yes. Which I don't know if that's the best idea. He, If there's a guy, a big guy, if he's one, a team ton guy to go with, he's yeah. the one. I'm, I'm, That's the thing. Like, I'm very comfortable training with him from the feet because, first off, he's he's very, uh, he's knowledgeable. He's competent. Yes. And he's amazing at pummeling. He uses his body really well. And I trust him. Yeah. Like, even if he does get double unders on me, mm -hmm. it's not like he's going to, like, try to step to like a Kouchi Gary hip toss <laughs> yes. and like snap my leg. I, I really trust him. It's yeah. a lot of fun. I've seen him hold Uncle Dave in the air and gracefully dip him to the mat during comp class. It's the kind of guy I want to train with. I don't care that he's like 285. Yeah, and, and that's just You know what's funny? Melissa, Melissa is a huge fan of RC. Yeah. And she's not vocal about these things. Like you guys don't realize when we go home, she's just like any other blue belt. Like yeah. she's she talks to me like I'm her husband. Yeah. It's not like she's talking to me like I'm Professor Pete when we go home. She's jazzed up just as we are. She's you know she's going through all of her training sessions with me. And like yeah. you know I went like just like any other excited blue yeah. belt. But she's a really big fan of RC and and she nailed it when she told me he's got that OG vibe. Yes, like 100%. he really seems like he's an OG. He's one of the guys that when you talk about. You know, when they when you're cooking, use cooking. You, they, they talk about melding whatever it is into the broth or whatever. That totally. guy assimilated and melded in very early. Dude, not only that, it's it's like he's a throwback. He and is. I, look, not to take away from any newer students. No, 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 no. no. But you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. a reason we talk about the OGs. There's a different feeling in yes. the air. Yeah. No better, no le no worse than it is now. It's just it was a little different. Yes. Probably because we're all young and vibrant and well. Some of you guys were and, and there was a lot more uncertainty, so it, it made it more exciting. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but we knew we were building this thing Yeah, back then. Yeah. And it added to that excitement, I guess. And he just kind of shares that, that excitement. Vibe. Yeah, like he, he's just so fucking excited. You know what else here. it is? And I'll tell you this. He's always there to help. He's so always, I was going to say. He's, his back is very broad, and he's like, let's load it up. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yes. And um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to steal his thunder, but we may be seeing a lot more of him very soon. Are we not allowed awesome. to talk about the good news? I don't know, but I think it's awesome. And I told him, I said, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. And we're going to see more of them. Thank God, man. Because, and, and I reached out to him offline, you know, RC and I talk offline. He's one of my, he's one of my boys, man. I love the guy to death. He's like a big little brother. Yeah. And, uh, and that's I told the kind, him, that's the kind of little brother you want to yeah, have. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And like, just bring your calves over here. Um, but I had said to him, I said, dude, it's, I go, we want you around. There's a reason why I want you around. Yeah. We want you to be a block. We mm -hmm. want you to be one of the building blocks. So you're that. You fit the. You fit the the bill for what we want. Yeah. You fit the bill of what we want. And you know us, man. When we when we see talent and we see uh, potential, we yeah. we 
we take care of it. Yeah, and that's why he ran the comp class uh, two weeks ago, and I'm gonna let him start driving a little bit more. Yeah, you know. Um, so I'll start class tonight, and I'll say, "There you go, run it. Nice. It's yours now." That's good, man. Yeah. Good for him. Um, good dude. But yeah, getting after it. The so obviously the obvious thing is classes are all packed. It's obvious that we've got tons of new students coming in. Like we're growing at not an alarming clip. Very good clip. But this is about as much growth as I would want to have at one time, which is a crazy problem to have. You know, most schools are dying for students. I'm, I'm like this close to, we still don't do any advertising. We don't do any events. We don't do anything other yeah. than teach classes and then people find us. If it really got any more, like the growth got any more uh, exponential than it is right now, I'd slow it down. I don't know if you can slow it down. It's beyond well, you. Well, I mean, I, think it's I also you. don't have to let people come in and take class, <laughs> uh, which is a crazy thought. Dude, yeah. once upon a time before, when Ricardo's was still on Broad Street, we had this huge like 10,000 square foot facility. But before we moved into that, we moved into that when it was a blue belt. We were right next door to it, like literally 10 feet across the alley in uh, like a sliver of a spot. If I were to guess, it might have been like at the most 2,000 square feet, 1,800. And yeah. that's including, you know, the bathrooms, the changing room, the office, and the mat was pretty small. But still, you had like 350 students. So yeah. you can imagine what those classes were like. They yes. were awesome. I love that. But they would limit enrollment. It was very like exclusive because yeah. it had to be. I'm not saying we're there yet, but yeah. if this gets any more, uh, I guess, popular in demand, I'm going to throttle enrollments because I never want to get to the point, and we're far from that. Like, we're so good at what we do. Yeah. I never want to get to the point where the numbers make it so the experience is not what we want it to be. Yeah. You don't want it to be uh, watered down. I mean, it wouldn't even, not even that it would ever be watered down because at the end of the day, as we can have 60 people on the mat in each class and we're so good at teaching huge numbers and, and like we have such a great top-down culture. Yeah. What I mean is like I want when somebody enrolls, I want them to feel like they're part of the tribe. And I want their I first. I like that'll never change. I don't think that'll ever change but for one main reason. We won't let it change. I know, but what, say, say there's 10 people enrolling every single day. Yeah, well, assimilate. You, you, it's really what. So you're saying we'll figure it out. <clears throat> I'm telling you that I think that people come in, and they. Let's use a reference: the Gulfstream and Nemo. <laughs> Once the people jump in, Nemo and Dory jump in there. They're right along with righteous, righteous, <laughs> righteous. But I literally think that once people come in and they start looking around, they start seeing what's going in, they fit in. That's a good. They that's a guide. good reference. I really think that it, it. That's a good analogy, dude. I'm proud of you. Thank you, sir. I watched Nemo the other night. And you're like the old tortoise. Like I am the old tortoise. 130 Whoa. and still going strong, dude. <laughs> yes, that's me. That is me. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's. And I'll tell you what. I met Pedro, our Weedify uh, scholarship student, uh, finally last night. Oh, you haven't met him? I had not. He's well, been here a few I times. Had, he's been here. Two weeks now, I think it is. But the problem was I had one vehicle. Yeah. He was coming in at noon. I couldn't. I'm not going to walk up here because the weather's been horrible. But he came up last night. I got to meet him finally. Great guy, man. Really good guy. Yeah. And he's like, I just love it, man. He goes, I love the people. Good. I love the students. He just really 
enjoys it. I'm I like, saw him the awesome. other day working with Big Bob, so I was like, all right. There you go. He'll be welcomed with big <laughs> open arms. Couple inappropriate comments yep. and a slap on his ass, and <laughs> yeah. he'll be good to go. Yep, yep, yep. But, but yeah. you know, he's a military guy, so yeah. I'm sure he's working probably, with Big Bob would be perfect. Uh-huh. He's like, Bob, could you be a little dirtier? Yeah, yeah, you're not going to offend yeah. his his sensibilities. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, things are going really well, dude. So It's great, man. And, I, you know, it's funny. We get the updates, and I see a lot of Coach James updates now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, I'm like, my, is this spam? No, it's another, it's another person coming in. Yeah. It's another person coming in. So you just said you get Coach James updates. Which if people awesome. don't know, like, we brought him into the fold, like, professionally. Yeah. He's now a professional. This is his gig. This yeah. is his job. And – if you're going to measure the success of somebody in my position, like, you know, the obvious thing would be like, how's the school in terms of like student count and things like that. But what I always learned from my uncle, my, you know, my first mentor was how many people can you, I guess not encourage to have a professional martial arts career, but maybe, maybe be a shining example of, of the possibility. Yeah. And make it seem appealing, because mm-hmm. uh, you know, because it's, it's not like I'm tricking you guys into wanting to do this. You guys see what we do, yeah. and it's like that's I want that. I want that for my career, my yeah. purpose, my life. That's where he's at, dude. He made the decision. I'm proud of him. It's awesome. And yeah, I'm telling you, when I came here from the UFC gym, it was, and even you know, again. I came in, I took the first class, I went away for a couple of weeks. Chris Colonna uh, came in, you were letting me train here. I was here what, twice a week, I guess it was, for a couple months until I came full on. One of the, I'll call it the cheese, one of the pieces of the cheese was the way everything was, the way you were, was you were so encouraging. It was like, there's more. There's more to all this. Always. There's more to all this. From the very beginning, it was not, it wasn't, we weren't thinking about class to class to class. We were thinking about the Five next years, classes. Ten years. The classes going down. You t- and and I'm t- it was. It's hard. I. It's like we went down to Florida and we we're like, you can have one of these timeshares. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't selling us, but no. you were saying the potential. Well, you dude, guys have you have potential. Yeah, yeah. But you were you were selling us on ourselves, yeah. which is the greatest product. That you can sell. If well, you could dude, sell, your, sell you know somebody I, a better themselves. Yes. Well, we, we at every stage here, that's what we do. When somebody sits, like I'm sitting at the desk across from you right yeah. now. Where you're sitting is where somebody sits to enroll after yes. their first intro class. When we're explaining the program, what we're really selling is a better version of you. Yes. We're not selling anything, but we're trying to look you in the eyes. And the good news is you just experienced the class. That's We do it this way on, on purpose. Yeah. You got, that's not even a test drive. Like you got to, whatever. It's Dip your toe in the water. Yeah, dude. You dove into the ocean. Yeah. And now you're sitting here and it's like, you, so now I don't have to explain with words. I'm looking you in your eye. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. How do you feel right now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then not only how do you feel, your wheels are turning. You're like, holy shit, I get it. I yeah. get why all these talking heads on you know across pop culture talking about jujitsu yeah. i get it yep. oh my god now i can see how i'm going to lose 30 pounds yeah now i can see how i'm going to be this new confident version of myself yeah so it's not even like i'm selling you it's just i'm giving you this avenue this window into who you could be yeah but that happens at so many different levels that's the most baseline model yeah. right that's the tesla whatever 
I don't know much about Tesla. X, X. Sure, there you go. The $35,000. Yeah. Then you're training for a while. That's the three, I think. Is that the three? I don't don't know. I don't want to dive in and out. Then you're training for a while, like, you know, like six, seven, eight months. I'm starting to get your head wrapped around the idea of a blue belt. Yeah. At first, like, the thought of a blue belt, I'd be a senior student. Yeah. Imagine who you are seven months in. Yeah. And then you get your blue belt. Now I'm painting the picture of like, man, you're in the advanced program. Imagine who you're gonna be when you're a purple belt. These next couple of years are gonna be so hard. You're gonna be challenged on so many different levels, things that you've never even thought would challenge you mentally and physically, but at the end of it, you're gonna be a purple belt and you're gonna be a senior student. And you're somebody different. And then of course you could do that at brown belt and then of course the big obvious one is black belt. But for you guys, there's a whole nother stratosphere to this. Yes. You guys can be a coach. You can be a professor here. You could be an instructor. You can have hundreds of people looking at you to for guidance, and you can impact their lives on this grand scale, yeah. way bigger than probably any other enterprise you've ever partaken in in your entire life. And I see that in your face. Yeah. That's. It's not like I'm trying to like sell you a timeshare. It's like you said. It's. Yeah. I know that. Your job, even if it's a good one, is leaving something to be desired. Yeah, something's lacking. I get that. There's fulfillment. There's fulfillment once you walk through that door. There's fulfillment when at you different balance levels, at, at way different levels. Yes. So yes. for guys like Scatino right now, who just left his he left his old job, which I, don't, I still don't even believe he actually had one. <laughs> it's like he's. I don't have to sell him on anything. Yeah. You know, because he's so so close with us. He sees all the different, the varying levels of involvement we have between yeah. me, the owner, Tony's like my right hand man. You, yeah. you got a job, yeah. but you give so much of yourself after that. He's kind of in the middle of that, and he's like, "I want in. Yeah. I want in." This is what, he's like, "I don't give a shit. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life." Yeah, that's awesome. It's exciting. It is exciting. But dude, the point being, you brought up OGs. Oh, yeah, from day one, I just. I, this doesn't happen if you don't have the foresight. And it was taught to me. I didn't come up with that. You need to find the people like you mm-hmm. and like Tony and like James and like Alan and Battle and all the other guys along the way. You need those people. Without them, like, you're just sitting in a room being like the sage on the stage. Yeah. And then it turns into hero worship. And it's just not what I wanted to build. No. You- I wanted the tribe. I wanted... Captains, yeah, lieutenants, leaders, sergeants, leaders, whatever. What the fuck would Company I call you? Commanders, whatever you want. Totally, to call them. yeah. There you go. But yeah, if if we think back, and and I'm going, I'm thinking we're in the time machine, and we're back, and and it was very early on. The trust of Tony, you can see Tony was right on, right from the very beginning, right from the very beginning, he was all in, and it was good. And then he became a coach, and like I said, I remember when he got that coach, and I remember going, I want that fucking patch, man. Yeah. I want that patch. Then came the black gee, and then, and I, you know, there was it. A lot of it was one. The not so much the recognition, but I wanted to be. You wanted the responsibility. The respo- I was going to say that the responsibility. I wanted to say, look, I have a little bit of knowledge. I want to be able to share it too. While constantly trying to learn and improve, I want to do that. I want this to be a part of my life, and it was something that you pointed out to me. And it was nothing I didn't see in myself. I just knew that I loved jujitsu. I wanted to share. Yeah, but it was obvious. It was obvious. Like at every turn, you were sharing. At every turn, you were giving. 
back. Yeah. You, you were taking care of everybody you were with. It was obvious. Yeah. You were an obvious one. Some people are not so obvious. Like Alan. Yeah. Who the hell would ever guess in a million years meeting that guy and seeing the first year of him on the mat thinking he would go on to be a, like a coach and yeah. like a well-respected, well-performing coach. Yeah. He was... <laughs> The Kimura, Alan, when we did Toys for Tots, and he was down there, and you oh, could God. see him competing as a white belt. <laughs> yeah. <pal. laughs> it was soon after that, soon after that, where he really, it was like that was the gears coming together. Yeah. It was soon after that where he goes, it was like, wow, this is really friggin' awesome. Everything. And I think it was, one, it was seeing us as a team, seeing our, us with our family down in South Jersey. And how everything kind of comes together. He kind of saw a bigger picture. Because a lot of times when we have people that just train here, just train with us, and they only train with our little group, and I want to say little group, we have almost 500 people, you get a myopic view of everything. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. But then when you go somewhere else, you kind of put it out there. You're going to go, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And it inspires people. It's like, oh, we got something pretty damn special. Yeah. That's like at the grand opening ceremony where, of course, I talked way too much, (laughs) and I didn't want to, but... Dude, I had to publicly thank a lot of people. But one of the things that I brought up was we've got, I think we just have, simply put, one of the best schools in the world. Yeah, We definitely have one of the best schools that I've ever been to. I I just don't know if I've ever been to a better jujitsu school. And what makes better? Let's define that. Yeah. Do we have like top tier talent? Some of it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like battles, inarguably one of the best on the East country, Coast. Yeah. yeah. Um, and at each belt level, we've got guys who can go out and win. Yeah. It's, that's one metric. Are we legitimate in terms of martial arts? Absolutely. Yes. 100%. Are there like competition schools that would, you know, demolish us? Like AOJ? Yeah. yeah. They recruit their fucking team. And yeah. like, that's what they do. And that's fine. I didn't set out to make that. Yeah. But the culture of our school, have I ever found a school with a better culture? I haven't seen it yet. Does that mean it doesn't exist? No way. Yeah. I don't, I'm don't. i not saying that. I haven't seen it. I've been to a lot of schools. Yeah. Everyone who comes here from like somewhere else, they always have to mention how great the culture of our school yeah. is. And, and then when you break down how we do our, like how we teach, our teaching methodology, the structure of our classes. The curriculum. Yeah, like that's the, a big one. Like People the, want structure. The etiquette of our classes, just everything across the board. I just think we do a goddamn good job. I hate to put him on a pedestal. Don't I'm going to put him on a pedestal, but I'm going to bring him up because he's actually teaching classes at three thirty now. But I have to give Russ. Oh God, I know God that no neck bastard. But he started coming with uh, Finn, Greg Finn. Finn, Finn. He would come over to open mat. So he would come to open mat, and then he was a white belt. You know, he'd come in with his black top and his white pants. Yeah. <laughs> looking I'm like, ridiculous. Looking ridiculous is, well, not much has changed. But he would come in, and it was one, and I think he'll tell you, one, it's the jujitsu brings you in. The jujitsu brings you in. We have people to come in, they train with us. They go, wow, jujitsu is really good here. Like I, I've said it a hundred times. We've had people come from other schools, and they're going, man, your freaking white belts are really freaking good. Well, they're just, they're solid. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, it's a compliment. And I'm like, well, yeah. it's the way we structure things. It's the structure of the curriculum. Exactly. The so training methodology, exactly. the, the way things methodology. are. There's so many things that build them up. And this is a prop to all the white belts out there. Keep doing what you're doing and just 
you're you're there. You're yeah. there. You're in the right spot. And then the people come. Then they're like the culture, the way, the, and it's just another click, like another click of the wheel. And then all of a sudden, then he's training with us. Yeah, he came over with us uh, with a blue. He got his blue belt, which I understood. I respected that. Got his blue belt, and he came over to train with us. And I think you, he'll tell you in the beginning. He was like, I don't know why I'm a blue belt. Why? Because he's so bad. Because he was not at a. He wasn't where he was training. In his it was in that different. environment, he was a blue belt, yes. and that's fine, and we respect. Yes, that. and I respect the belt. I don't respect you, Russ. I hate you. You know that <laughs> bastard. But no, I mean, and props to Russ. Russ identified and made the tough decision. He goes, look, I have to leave one of my buddies. Yeah. And come train over here because the jiu-jitsu is better. Dude, and a good instructor lets you go, and I say it all the time. Yeah. And I every few every so often I say to battle, I don't want us to be your glass ceiling. Yeah. Now, I haven't said that in a long time because I don't think that's the case anymore. No. So uh, one thing I want to bring up, dude. Because he sucks now. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I had a moment yesterday. So I came in. I was going to just do some, like, you know, back office stuff and come in and, and work, at, like, in the office. Because my body hurt so bad. Yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I just went so hard. I was like, I'm not training Thursday. But I walk in, and Al is here, Luke, yeah. Battle, Tyler, yeah. Professor Larry. That's a murder. And then all the, and Richie, yeah. Glenn, all the other guys. But you got to think, dude. So I, I go on the mat, and I say hi to Luke. It's me, Luke, Al, Larry, and Battle. Dude, that's five black belts. Yep. Just on a Thursday morning, randomly. And it just made me realize way back when, when I started this whole thing, when I just wanted it to be my corner of the world, <clears throat> the thought was, I know I'm a really good kids instructor and I'm, I'm a pretty damn good adult instructor. I've never really led like an advanced program. Yeah. Like Ricardo would always point out, like you're going to have to figure that out like as you do it, which I think I did. Yeah. Um, but the goal was just like to teach good classes and yeah. like like have this this great culture and like everybody's a recreational student. <clears throat> but the fear always was I got to make sure I'm always going up to Ricardo's. I got to make sure like I don't get stagnant. How yeah. do I do that? And uh, I got to tell you, dude. After eight years, I'm looking around the, this room and like I have maybe the mo like the highest concentration of talent on a Thursday morning in in this area, <laughs> area. right on this mat yeah. and. And Luke, who's like, you know, one he's of the most knowledgeable guys. He's really good. Yeah, man. like he's, he, he's in with the DDS guys, and there's just not much uh, unknown to him. He's very aware of what's yeah. going on in jiu-jitsu, and he's, he's a killer black belt. He's asking me questions. He's like, dude, I got to get in on, like, your Tuesday classes. I want to see yeah. how you're passing the guard. And, yeah. You know, Al's here. I was doing great. And, like, Larry's asking me about the guillotine, and I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, I didn't see this happening. Yeah. I didn't see, like – like us being this, you know, center for like, Hello. for like evolution and like mastery. Yeah. And we, we became that. Yeah. It's, it's just something that was unforeseen and it made me feel really damn good. And then this is one of the few times I'm going to pat myself on the back. Like I'm looking around the room and I'm like, I'm pretty damn good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Tony said you're not. Yeah, I know. Right, did. Tony? Yeah. Totally. Totally. No, it, you know what? Um, I remember when you were going up on Friday mornings. Yeah. And you would come up and you come back, you go, man, it was really good training. It was good training. And you come down, you bring stuff back. Yeah. And then, of course, the babies are born and so forth. You're not going up as much. But one of the things that happened was is you were still accruing knowledge. You were still doing your work. Yeah. And you were 
testing it on us, which in turn, you're building us up. And you guys come up made underneath a tough me. room. Yeah, you, well, you made it a tough we room. made a tough room. Well, yeah, well, that's the point is. We made a tough room. It's the trickle-down economics of jiu-jitsu. Dude, all week, all week in the at the end of our classes, we've been using the word, one word, honesty. And you would uh, be doing yourself a disservice if when you th- thought of the word honesty, you only thought of the idea of saying what is true. Yeah. Is that a big part of it? Yeah. But the point I made... Uh, Monday night in the advanced program was like, you know, all the black belts are up front with me when we're bowing out the class. I look over at Al, I'm like, most of the shit me and Al say to each other is not true. Yeah. You know, he's laughing because, you know, we, we bullshit. Yeah. But everything that we do on the mat is true, is as true as true can be. Yeah. There it's is pure. no bullshit on the mat. Why? Because Al is legit and Al's trying to impose his will on yeah. and And I know that. If I'm full of shit, it's just not gonna it's not gonna end well for me. He's yeah. gonna kick my ass. And I'm talking across a long, you know, range of time. He keeps me honest. Yeah. I don't have the opportunity to be full of shit because I've got students like Al and like you and like Battle yeah. and like Tony, like guys who will expose me for being false. Yeah. Right? And it's been like that for many years. So what is the the consequence or the result of that? is I've never been allowed to be stagnant. Yeah. I've yeah, never been important. allowed to be blind to the newest uh, you know, evolution of jujitsu because if if you close your eyes to the newest things like for a few cycles in a row, yeah. you're, you're so behind. far behind. Yeah. It's it's gonna be so hard to catch up. I've always been very cognizant of that. Always yeah. very aware. So when all these new fads or phases or like the new thing on the block comes out I've always been very aware that I need to at least be competent in these things. Did you say new kids on the block? Yeah. Okay, I just checked. No, and it's tr- it, it, that's that's a great thing, and that's I think it's very important what you say. And I mean, look, there's there's schools that concentrate on the core Gracie principles, which is fine. I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. And and they're gonna have solid jujitsu, and then you have other schools. And, and I'll say this: we're not wholly bestowed on just the future and all the high level stuff no. there's a core principle and we go if you look at a baseline you have your baseline you got the ups and downs yes and i don't mean that and there's no negative in this scale but if you think about the high side being the more modern jujitsu and the low side being more structured fundamental jujitsu right we are like a heartbeat and a very strong human how we so, crawl so you're, you're saying if we're looking at a graph yes where you would normally say the plus side yes. spiking up would yes. be modern jujitsu. Yes, high level. And then modern below jiu-jitsu. that line, the x-axis. Yes, going down. Or is that the y? Who gives you shit? It you know what matter. I'm saying. Would be adherence to traditional jujitsu. Yes. And you're saying that the the beautiful thing that we have here is yes. we've got both. Yes. Right. And here's the cool. You thing. You can learn worm guard on one mat. Yeah. And then how to pass the guard properly on the other. Well, mat. here's the good thing, dude. If you look at like our Wednesday night advanced nogi class we have 50 people on the mat yeah some of those guys are only trying to do backside 50 50 heel hooks yes and they're trying to do k guard and they're doing like the newest the newest the mikey lock yeah right which is fucking fine yeah and then you have another handful of people who are only trying to get to a body lock grind and pass and i then, couldn't get it on the church gate piss me no off. he's too long and they're trying to finish a head and arm choke from the mount yeah and that's all they're looking to do which is fine 
But the good thing is, because of those two extremes, what do we mostly have? We have mostly people who are competent in both arenas. Yes. That's what we need. Yes. So I don't, the, the great thing about me having battle here is I'm always one conversation away from being completely brought up to speed on whatever's happening. Yeah. The great thing about having like Professor Steve here is I'm always one conversation away from re- being reminded like what are the staples and the fundamentals of jujitsu? Yeah. Because you know he's been in the game for thirty years, which it's insane how long he's been in the game. I mean, he was in that horse, the Roman horse. I heard <laughs> yeah. it. No, but he's. We were talking about it the other night, where he was talking about. He goes, "I remember when deep half was groundbreaking." I do too, dude. When I, I swear to God, like my first few months in jujitsu, like deep half was when you just you were on your side with just a, a shallow underhook. Yeah. That was deep half. Yeah. And then like Glover comes along and it's a, this whole entirely yeah. different thing, which is, now it's laughable. Yeah. Like deep half. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah it's like your intro class. Yeah. But it's not. But it's not. Right? Like the basics do not go out of style. No. So with I just got to tell you. the fundamentals, you, you don't have everything else. The other thing about the fundamentals is they always work. So always. So like the, the Gracie, the Hannah Gracie, like 32 principles thing, that really is all you need. Yeah. Is it just because it's all you need doesn't mean you don't like shouldn't want to yeah. expand. Yeah. You know? I mean if all you need all you need to live is bread and water, I wouldn't mind having a cheesesteak. Yeah, good point. And I would also say if I looked at all thirty two principles and I didn't understand some of them, yeah. I'd be alarmed. Yes. Right? But if I looked at all 32 principles and I understood all of them front to back and then I didn't know how to do worm guard, I'd be just fine. Yes. I just, I don't want to learn. I like, I like, I like, I like it. <laughs> I like wrapping a lapel around someone. Yeah, it's fun. I like and learning new shit. That's the other thing is so, so much of the new stuff. And I'll, we could go to that, the, the Mikey Musumichi footlock thing, which is not new. It's been done before. It's been in varying yeah. degrees. Bravo's been doing it for 12 years. But it's, it's like recharged. It's refreshed. It's brought back to the spotlight, you know? Um, Dude, what's old becomes new again. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And, you know, and I guess it's, it's quite simply the best part of jujitsu is that just goes back to everybody could do it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be able to do baron bolos. You don't have to bolo this, bolo that. You don't have to. You can still do jujitsu. Did you see those level three kids doing the worm guard to baron bolo? Yeah. It was in, insane. They're so good. They're so good. <laughs> They're so good. But, but I, so that's a, that's a good point to make in yeah. this part of this conversation. Like the level three kids, it's junior yellow belts and all. Yeah, and they're all very talented, of course. They're young, they're vibrant, they're they're they have neuroplasticity, and they've got an amazing foundation in jujitsu. So I can throw whatever whatever I want. They're gonna yeah. pick it up. But at what point is it? I'm teaching them things that are flashy just for the sake of it being flashy. And at what point is that not detrimental to their progress, but? But is it not making them progress? If all we had was a level three class full of high-level techniques, I, I would say, yeah, we're, we're kind of chasing that flash. But they had they level two need, class the true. other yeah, yeah. six so, days so of the week. If you guys didn't know, they, there's only one level three class. So the kids on Monday, I, I teach them some crazy shit. Yeah. Not crazy, but no. high level. High yes. level. Stuff that, they're, stuff that they've only heard us talk about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They 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 would always talk about it themselves with this like air of mystery, like yeah. not really completely understanding. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end of the class, we sit them down, and I'm like, "All right, guys, like, 
obviously you're not going to perfect worm guard or Shaolin sweeps yeah. in 10 minutes. <coughs> so what do you need to do? And one of them kid will be, you got to practice. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, where do you practice? At home. Okay. Right. If you have a sibling at home who's a yellow belt, yeah. fantastic. Otherwise, where should, where do you really get better at your techniques? Randori. Of course, like Ryan Terry's like on the junior gray belt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You, you take it out on the junior yeah. gray belt. I'm like, dude, that's the, if I want to get good at something. Yeah. Do I try it on Professor Pete? No. Not at first, at least. <laughs> Eventually. I, gra- I grabbed some blue belts. Yeah. And I and, and the thing that I loved was I was like, wait, why not on a white belt? Yeah. And then one of the kids was like, because they don't even really know how to move yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the perfect it's answer. It's, it's why true. it's why you take a black belt. I can look like Hodger Gracie or Keenan Cornelius in the advanced class. And then if I jump next door and train with the white belts, I look terrible because it takes two to tango, man. Like yeah. they, no offense, white belts, but in a lot of cases they move in such unnatural, unorthodox ways that it's it takes two to tango. Yeah, I t- I so Monday nights when I teach after I get done teaching fundamental class, I get at least five rolls in with the white belts. Yeah, because I like the discomfort of the. <laughs> terrible flow that doesn't take place ricardo the clunky the, and you said that and after you said that when we were to, you were talking about when uh, ricardo was getting ready for you guys to compete he goes go no, train with the we white belts fight or fight yeah go train with the white belts and i really took that to heart and I, I i mean i always train with the white belts but i'm like training more with them because trying to make trying to make you know uh, go back to the music reference trying to make good music without a tune yeah, instruments, and that's what I'm trying to do. Is I'm trying to find ways, and look, some imagine, of, imagine trying to paint a, a picture on sandpaper. Yeah, like you need a nice stretched canvas. Yes, yes you do. Yes, you do. But, and no offense, like believe me, it's it's valuable. And if I really want to prepare somebody for a self defense situation, I would put boxing gloves on a white belt. Yeah, and I beg, like, play guard and don't get punched. Yeah, because even if I put boxing gloves on a blue belt or a purple belt or a black belt. Just the way you're going to position your hips and your knees, you're going to be way more aware of your base. You're going to yeah. be way less concerned with generating leverage to throw a punch. It's not indicative of a fight. It's not natural. It's not a good representation of an yeah. actual physical altercation. True, true. That was a gotta love those white belts, man. You gotta love and you them. gotta love the blue belts. Yeah, the blue belts are where I hone my skills. That's I, I told you that conversation with Angelo a couple like a month or so ago, and it's like I go, he's like, man. Russ was really getting after me. I go, it's because you're a blue belt. Yep. Sharks got to eat. Nemo reference. Yeah. Sure. You know, white belts are people too. Hello. Sure. Hello. Blue belts are food. Yeah. And in the best way because. Well, it's also a win-win. It is. It's and that's the thing beneficial. that you. Look, if you're a blue belt and it's always a soft, easy roll, that's not a good thing, man. You, you that really, means, what does it tell you? <laughs> if every role, you're a blue belt, yeah. and every role, you know, of course, is going to be with a higher rank. Yeah. And like you said, soft and easy, what's really the underlying message yeah. there? Who are you picking a role with? Well, not only that, it's those senior students, they're taking it easy on you for, for a reason. reason. Yeah. That should be the eye opener where, man, that was an easy role. Where, you know, if I go with an Angelo, you know, it's my boy. You got to put it to I want to beat this. It's not out of it. Dude, do you know and who? I, and I said to him, I said, I'm doing it because I love you. Because I want you to be better. And you respect them. I do respect them. Well, yeah, I respect them. And you them. respect them. Yes. If, if I'm rolling with somebody, I don't put any weight on them. And yeah. it's because I don't think they could take it. Yeah. That's not a good sign. Yeah. Do you know who I've been trying to murder lately? Who's that? Like actual, see if I could kill him. Who's that? Melvin. 
You can't kill Melvin. No, I know. You can't kill <laughs> Melvin, man. I I know, dude. And he goes hard as hell, and I, he's I really got like an it. Interesting game. His game is is not. There's look no at big Mike. I know he's a big guy. Look at him. Guy. He's got a it's different very strange. Game. It's a very, very strange game. Guys. And anytime you roll with him, you're like, oh wow, okay, yeah. See how this goes. But yeah, you. Can, I don't think he's he's one of those guys. He's been around a while. Can't murder. Dude, I used to teach him at Ricardo's. Yeah, I, know. I think we got our blue belts together. That's insane. Yeah, that's he, insane. dude. He's tough. He's mentally tough. He's physically tough. Danny's tough. Danny's got the best knee slide guard pass in the academy. She, I told you, she'll come in in a comp class and she she'll go with RC. And there's no no holds. Yeah, no holds. She's gonna if you go if you go in with the kid gloves, she's gonna smash it. She's tough, dude. She's awesome. We what got a, we got a lot of good family. good stuff going on. It's I. I I'm telling you, Wednesday, after Wednesday there, night, there's Bree there's right Bree. there. There's Bree. Raise your hand. Raise your hand, Bree. <laughs> but after we I'm telling you, we, she needs a nickname. She, she, she does. We gotta call her like Dose or something. Dose. <laughs> Senorita Dose. Senorita. No, she. She. I mean, that was just fun. It was just so freaking fun. Dude, poor Joe. He's such a glutton for punishment. He's the one that Joe. calls her out. I know. So he calls her out every training session, and he's the one who wants to start from the feet. <laughs> and after she wiped the fucking floor with him, I go over to him. I'm like, Joe, if you're going to challenge her to a wrestling match, wrestle. you, you have to wrestle her. <laughs> I'm like, you're standing. You're just standing in front of a high-level wrestler. Yes. What the fuck do you think is going <laughs> to happen to you? Big Dennis is here. Dennis, yes, looking looking small, Dennis. I know. You might want to eat something. Maybe lift a little. Maddie Allen. He's weak. Dude, but we got a lot of good guys. Yeah, it's you get a guy. Yeah, Dennis is Ronnie. Ronnie with his righteous hair tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he have the chin thing going? It's so? coming back a little bit. Go. But yeah, I mean, we you know, it's it's just man. November we opened up regularly. When was it? Yeah, November seventh. November seventh, I, I think it was. How far have we come in since that time? Dude, it's what, been four what? months. November, December, January, February, and February. Fucking three months, three and a half months. All of November. Yeah. All of December. All of January. Yeah. It's been three months. Three and three months. And we're making, we're making a statement in a, in this town. We knew awesome. we would. I just didn't know it'd be this quick and to this extent. Yes. Yeah. And here's the exciting thing, dude. Hey, you're you're you're, you're rubbing elbows with the mayor. Maybe she hey, can get the smoke shop hey, out of there. Well, we can. Al, Al's <laughs> rubbing <laughs> elbows with the mayor. <laughs> I didn't. I talked to her for about eight seconds. I got no pictures with anybody, and then I go on their like the friggin' uh, town newsletter, it's and they're having Al, lunch together. Al chatting up the <laughs> the mayor's like cracking up laughing. <laughs> of course, they're in an outdoor cafe having drinks and yeah, over at Los Galas, or which something. whatever, dude. I yeah, uh, I think I had COVID that day anyway. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. Uh, yeah, dude. So here's what's exciting. It's February. It's disgusting outside. It's dreary. It's cold. It's actually warm today. Today's warm, but it's still disgusting. And as you know, I'm very much affected by the weather. Uh, imagine in a few months when it's warm out and like obviously COVID's over. Yeah. Obviously. And even, even, even like the most. No, that's not true. In California, they're still insanely locked down and all that. But in a few months around here, you're not going to see masks. Everybody's going to be back to normal. Yeah. We get and we have like Scatino, who's such a personable guy. We're going to do events out out yeah. in the community. We're going to be. We're going to go back to Johnson's farm. Yeah, yeah. we're going to do all the things that we did before COVID, which we only did a few. Yeah. So imagine now with the team we got, with this presence that we have, with this huge uh, team that we built yeah. since then. 
Imagine what we're going to do in this community then. And I don't ever want us to lose sight of that. And the, the verbiage is very important. So when I say imagine what we're going to do in the community then, it's not implying, imagine how many students we're going to get. No. It's not what I'm looking to do. Because not everybody can train here. Not everybody wants to train. Not everybody's ready to it's train. It's not for everybody. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't give a shit if we, you know, we've got plenty of students. But I want us to get better at making this community better. Yeah. Why? Because I think the more responsibility, and that's really, it boils down to one word, responsibility. When somebody enrolls, they're immediately adopting more immense amounts of personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. This is hard. This yeah. is scary. This is intimidating. This requires discipline. It requires determination. It requires dedication. Those are hard things, and they're in high demand yeah. these days. So how do we get somebody from just taking that first step into becoming somebody like Fonz. Yeah. I'm looking at Fonz, that's why I thought, but he, perfect example. How do you take somebody that just got, you know, just signed up, they're wearing a white belt, they can barely tie it, how do we get them to be somebody like Fonz? Personal responsibility. Yeah. Incremental Respons personal responsibility. responsibility. And that's one of the things we're good at. We know when somebody's ready for us to push them a little bit more. Yep. And one of the best ways to do that is when I know you're a little bit ready, I'll partner you up with somebody in Randori. Yeah. And when you're really ready, I'll partner up with this guy. Yeah. And when you're really, really ready, I'm gonna see what you got. Yeah. And it's just, you could do that incrementally. And yeah. as we know, the only real way to be successful over time is when you do it incrementally. Yeah. If you try to dump somebody with like everything at they once, drown. it's they drown. too much. They drown. And, and it's funny, uh, Bert just came in. Bert. And and, and, you know, I've been in this area for quite a while. But I tell you what, man, so many people that I've known for years, Jeff Anderson, we've known each other since, like he likes to say, since Reagan was off, you know? <laughs> Which is true. Dude. Yeah, that's, it's that's true. That's not that long ago. Uh, it feels it. It's like 30 years ago. That's, that's like, what, 32 years ago? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, we were, you were like 20. 10 years old. Reagan, early. dude. Reagan was what, 89, 90? No. It was early 80s. No. Yeah. Yeah. When was the end of the Soviet Union? A couple weeks ago. I'm trying to think when was he in office? It had to be like 80. I know he was in office cuz uh, 89. 80, 81 to 89. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Since we've known each other since like 80. All right. Well, you know, that's what I'm saying. That's 81. a big swing. Yeah, he had, because he's a two-term president, a, yeah. and only for three or four of those years did he. Did have he Alzheimer's. know what the hell was going? On? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, it's it's awesome to see these people that I've known for so long that are on the mat. Yeah, it's I get I get to watch them grow with pride, and it's one of these things where I say they get what the hell I've been talking about for the last nine years or so don't you want to just shake them and be like i fucking told you yeah don't you want to be like see yeah yeah i mean there's people that i know that are training they don't live in the area but they're training i go dude this is so freaking awesome yeah and i'm like i'm like dude i told you i go i'm not selling snake oil here i know and i've said it a thousand times i know what it's done for me and like we said it before mentally physically spiritually there's no drug that can match what we got here. Yeah. There's no euphoria. No, I couldn't sleep Wednesday night. It was just 
the buzz that I had after leaving. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't sleep either, but I was just in so much pain. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, it's great. That's I mean, okay. Yeah. Dude, we got a good thing going. We have a good life here together with the uh, the entire tribe. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like, we're going to keep hammering that home, like the tribe. That's what it's all about, man. It's a core principle, man. You, it's, you a know, real, it's a core so, principle. So before we sign off, I you know, I, these moments are very few and far between for me. And that's okay. Like, I don't think you can live in a constant state of gratitude. It's, I think it's impossible. And uh, I think if you do, maybe you start to rest on your laurels. And it's mm -hmm. hard to get to that next level. We talk about this a lot. I think maybe the fact that I'm so hard on myself and you are on yourself, that's one of the reasons we excel yeah. physically and, you know, whatever. But I did have that moment yesterday. I came in and all these high-level guys are here. And I, you know, it lets me realize like I'm pretty fucking high level yeah. and they're coming to me for advice. And like, we built this beautiful thing and I didn't see that part coming, you know, right? But I do remember way, way back when one of the things that was very consoling and that took a lot of the edge off when I was worried about being at the helm without Ricardo with like yeah. over my shoulder and lending me his credibility, like me being on my own was an important lesson is they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Nobody cares how much you know if you don't until give they a know shit. how much you care. Yeah. That's one of the things we talk about every staff meeting. That's genuine and sincere. Give a shit. Yeah, dude. Gas. The gas, gas. method. That is. And that's the best. So part. the point is like Gal Val might know a whole lot more about jujitsu or like. Or like Dan and her definitely knows more about jujitsu than I do, but I'm not that convinced he gives a shit about any of his students. I think he loves the art. Yeah, but we're, we have a different thing. Yeah, we have a different thing. The other thing Dan and her said in that interview with uh, Lex Friedman was Lex was pretty much asking him like, "Why do you let Gordon say whatever the fuck yeah, he yeah. wants?" And Dan and her was like, "Well, I myself am a deeply flawed individual, and I'm not in a position." to be like a moral compass for these guys. Like yeah. I'm simply their coach. That's not what we're doing here. And I acknowledge I too am flawed deeply as all humans are. We all are. But that doesn't mean we can't lean on each other and encourage each other to strive to, to be better, to aim up. Yeah. Like you don't have to be the Dalai Lama to encourage the people around you to do a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I, I think that's, again, this is because we give a shit. We give a shit. I'll, I'll pat you on the back or I'll kick you in the ass if you need it. Dude, the, the and I don't mean to, to kick in the ass as far as beating somebody up. It's like, dude, sometimes. what are you doing? What are you doing? And we do that. We do that. Yeah, sometimes yeah. we do it painfully. It needs to be with, done. With people who like, it hurts gotta to do it. got to have guardrails because without guardrails, you go off a cliff. Yeah, dude. And, we're, and we're, we're that for a lot of people and a lot of people are that for us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. That gas method, like genuine, authentic, and sincere, like give a shit. In everything I do, woodworking, fucking the sauna, the cold showers, yeah. the, just reading books, being a dad, being a, a teacher, being a boss, being a mentor, give a shit is what gives me the purpose. It's what really makes my life a good one. Yeah. That's it. That's a beautiful thing. It is. It is. You have to give a shit. Otherwise, what the hell are you doing? What the fuck are we doing here? Right. All right, man. All right. That was, that was a good one. Thanks for the talk. Yeah, always. Son. See you tomorrow morning, dude. You. Saturday morning. Saturday morning. It's back. It's awesome. I missed it last week with the snow. A little snowy. I was but so we'll pissed. I was like, if we could just 
sneak in some classes. I tell you what, them. I was waiting for the messages. What time are we meeting up? Like yeah. we used to do. <laughs> Not, it's, dude, I got, with the kids now, it's different. <laughs> it's, 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 I know, but it, it, guys, it would be, all right, school's closed, and then we'd be like, okay, guys, I'll meet you up there yeah, at 6, so you, 5, so you 30. 30 yeah. We could probably go till 8.30, and then we'll get uh, Miller to drive us home in his uh, Verizon truck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I don't know. Those days, we passed that baton to somebody else. Yeah. Now other younger lunatics meet up in the snowstorms. It's a beautiful thing. All right, guys, have a good one. See you guys. Let us not forget, Ricardo's here on Wednesday night at 6.30. Do Uh, not forget. Everybody be here. We're going to use both mats. Yeah. See you guys. All right, guys.